interpretations and my perceptions of what God was like, or I could just come to the conclusion, what, we missed it somewhere. What am I not seeing that makes God the way Jesus said he was always? What's changed? Well, one thing that's changed is that your relationship, man's relationship in the New Testament changed between your relationship in the Old Testament. The Old Testament, you were not, not sons and daughters of God. You were not born again. And as a result, there was only a master-slave uh, scenario that could be set up. As a matter of fact, we see Jesus changing that when in John 15, 15, his disciples come to him and Jesus says to him, I, I will no longer call you servants, but I call you friends because a servant doesn't know what his master is going to do. Uh, right? So he said with his friend, he reveals things to his friends, but that's not even where it ended. As long as Jesus is alive, the closest thing you can be to God is a friend. And we camped out on a song there. You know that song? I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I love that song too. <laughs> hey, I, don't get me started. I will. But you know what? That's not where it ended because when Jesus was crucified and raised from the dead, we went from servants to friends to sons and daughters. Jesus didn't die to gain, he didn't die to redeem friends. He didn't die to redeem to redeem servants. So what's happened is we're stuck with this thing where we're trying to figure out how to make the Old Testament and the New Testament come together, and we're, and we're creating a hybrid, a hybrid covenant. Not a new covenant, not an old covenant, a hybrid covenant, where you take two things that are not compatible with each other, and you begin to make them become one thing. And so when you mix the old covenant law with the new covenant, and you begin to put that, and you try to make that work, and that's what we've been doing. And there's no freedom in it. There's no life in it. It's not even the gospel. So, so like I said, I'm going to get into this. And what I want to do, I want you to see that God has been daddy from day one. Okay? So uh, the scripture, actually it says in uh, Romans chapter 2, verse 4, it says, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase it, uh, do we despise the, 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 the patience of God? You know? That God waits and he, and he doesn't judge things right away. Like we despise his patience and his goodness, not knowing that it's the goodness of God that leadeth men to repentance. And you know what God is on? God's on a, com a campaign of repentance. And repentance doesn't mean, Father, please forgive me for all my sins. I promise I'll never do it again. That's not repentance. Repentance means to change your mind, change your thinking. To change your thinking, right? So what God wants to do, he said, I'm trying to get you to change your thinking about me. I'm on a PR campaign to change how you think about me so that you will come to me because I'm good. Think about that. God, the God that you thought was mad at you, that judged you because of sin, he's like, he's got a peace offering towards you and he's saying, I've done everything I can to bring you to myself and I'm not mad at you. You say, well, what about sin? I took care of that. I bankrupted heaven. He who knew no sin became sin for you so that you could be righteous and you could come to me with boldness and be my sons and daughters. This is hard to understand. Okay, so I want to, first place I want to start, I, first, I need you to understand something. Uh, the, when, when mankind was created, and I'm, and I'm, I'm going to briefly just glaze over this because I need you to understand something. When man was created, he was created in the image and likeness of God. He, is, he was the very offspring of God. Uh, see uh, Acts chapter 17, verse 26, I think it is, where 
where Paul is talking to the church, or not to the church, we're talking to uh, the Mars Hill, Mars Hill, he's talking to them, and he says that, that we are the offspring of God. And we know that because when we trace back the genealogy in Luke chapter 3, the very last verse, we find that it says that Adam directly says that Adam is the son of God. So, so, so Adam being the son of God, being that he was originally created that way, for you to become sons of God now is not a, is not a new thing. It is everything God does is cyclical. He doesn't have a backup plan. So if he created man to be his, to be his offspring, then he's going to redeem them back to that place. He doesn't change it. So we're coming back to a place. We're coming back to a place where we were designed to be. And so when God created man, he created man just under himself. And this is in Psalms chapter 8, uh, like verse 3. It says, when I consider the heavens, the sun, the moon, the stars, and the works of your hands, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that you visited him and that you crowned him with glory and honor and you made him a little lower. Actually, they, they use the word angels, than angels. But actually, the word there in the Hebrew is the word Elohim, which means the Godhead. You made him a little lower than yourself. Do you know the angels are not higher in creation than you? The Bible says, to which of the angels did he say at any time, today I've begotten you. You are my son. None of them. He never said that to angels. Because even though you see them referred to as the sons of God, that just basically means the, the offspring. Not offspring. That means the, uh, the creation of God. They were created beings with a totally different nature, a totally different uh, uh, construct. They may, they may look like and carry the, glo the glory of God, but they're not same in kind. And you were made the same in kind. And so God made humanity to be just under himself. And the Bible says, this is an angel asking this question. What is this man that you are mindful of him and that you crowned him with glory and honor and you made him lower than yourself? Now, I'm going to tell you something. Angels don't understand love and mercy and, and grace. They don't understand that. They don't value that. Because, see, they're very military. They're militant. And, the, and they're militant construct, meaning they're no nonsense. They don't mess around. And so what they value is glory and honor. So when they look at because they will defend the glory and the honor of God at all costs. They will defend it at all costs. And so what they looked at, when they saw, it wasn't they looking and say, hey, why do you love him so much? Because they don't even know what that is. They looked at him and they said, why do you give him, why do you crown him with glory and honor? Because that's what they value, right? That's what they value. And so man is created just under, when he was created, he was created just under the Godhead. Then there was the angels. And, you know, I used to think it was Michael the archangel and all the holy angels and then Satan and all his minions. But, you know, actually, the, Satan, Satan and Michael are on the same level. So you had, you had the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You had mankind, and then you had, you had Satan and, and, and uh, Michael, if you will, because we know those two as, as being archangels on opposing sides. And you say, how do you know that they're, they're with each other, that they, that they are on the same level? Because the Bible says that when, 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 they were, when Michael was disputing over the body of Moses with Satan, he said he dared not bring a railing accusation against Satan, but simply said, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. So he doesn't have authority over Satan. They're in the same place. But so, so I'm saying that, you say, what, is that, what difference does that make? It, may, it matters because here you have God who has created who, who is the Godhead, the creator, he creates man, man sins. And when mankind sinned, he fell under angels. Because we're talking about a hierarchy now. We're talking, about, we're talking about a chain of command. 
And so essentially what you have in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, you say, why was God the way he was? Because literally the world was under martial law. Now, if you don't know what martial law is, let me find the definition here. Actually, I probably didn't even put it in there. Uh, well, let me, let me read this scripture to you first. I'll, I'll find that definition. But uh, this, is, this is the scripture. I read this scripture, and, and man, something went off on me. I was like, wait, what? And what happens? Does God usurp his own authority? If mankind, God, the Godhead, creates Adam, Adam is now God over everything, and everything that's under Adam's feet, he has control over. Next thing you know, Adam then sins, and he falls underneath the, the angels. He's under Satan's control. Is he not under Satan's control? He is, because Satan now is, is now lording over him, right? Including all the angels. So what martial law is, and I'm just going, I'm I don't have my definition in front of me, but, but what martial law is, and I'm talking about just in an everyday, and I'm not saying this is literally what it is, but this is the picture of what you need to understand is that when martial law is declared, you no longer have civil authorities that are, that are regulating. It's no longer the people protecting the people. So you have, you have civilian, you have the, the police department is the civilian force of, of your own peers that are the ones that, that, are, that are overseeing and making sure that the laws are being enforced. People are enforcing, or, 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 uh, enforcing laws for themselves. But when martial law is declared, then the military comes in, and the military is not governed by the local governments. They're, they're now being governed by the, by the federal government, and they're not having to call back and say, hey, you know, this dude over here, he just uh, broke into this building and stole something, or maybe he, he, he throwing rocks at me. They just shoot you. They have the power to enforce the law without any, at the local level, without having to go back and check a chain of command. They can execute whatever, whatever authority they have. It's, it's, they can instinctively do what they need to do right now without having to check it. And so I want you to see something. You say, where in the world, what made you think of this? Well, look at this. Galatians chapter 3, verse 19. I read the scripture and I was like, what? Wait a minute. Hold on. It says, where... What was the law for? This is what he said. What, is the, what was the law for? Because here you talk, this is Paul talking to the church of Galatia. It was added because of transgression. This is when the law came, right? Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. We know that's Jesus. The law was here until, the law, the law was added until Jesus came, right? And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Ordained by angels. This law was passed down. Because listen, you were talking about a chain of command. Godhead, now man is no longer under God anymore. He's down under angels. So the law then is now handed down by the angels to, to Moses. Now Moses went into the hill. Yes, he, he went up in the mountain, Mount Sinai. And, and there he, he met in the presence of God. But this thing was handed to him through this, through this means. I want you to see something. Now look at what happens. In, uh, if he, in uh, Exodus 23, 20 through 22, it says, Behold, I send my angel before you. And it, look at the nature here. To keep you in the way and to bring you into the place that I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions. For my name is in him. In other words, I have authorized him. Now, if these angels don't have a way, they don't have that thing where, okay, yeah, he meant well, so... No, they're defending, look, they're defending the holiness of God. 
when Joshua went over and he crossed over, over the Jordan River into the promised land, first thing he encounters, he encounters an angel with a sword drawn. And this is in uh, Joshua Joshua 5, 13 through 14. So he crosses over into the promised land, and this, sword, this angel has his sword drawn. And he's not looking at him like, like, oh, I know who you are. You know, God like you. You know, I like you. No, he's got his sword drawn. This is business. And he says, and Joshua, seeing him, says, so are you for us or are you for our enemies? And what did he say? Did he say? He said, yes, I'm for you. Oh, yes, I'm for them. What did he say? Neither. I don't care about either of y'all. I care about one thing, and that's the glory and the honor of God. I am not for you. I'm not for them. Like, you, if you step wrong, I'm going to get you. That's just really, and I mean, this is, this is military. You understand what I'm saying? They're not constructed in a way, they're not constructed in a way that allows them to, the ability to, to show grace. They don't understand. Matter of fact, the Bible says they desire to look into grace. Anybody confirm that? The Bible says that, 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 that the angels desire to look into it, into grace. Because why? Because they all they understand is there's the glory and honor of God, and we're here to protect that. And so what Satan is doing, he's constantly trying to get you mixed up, messed, to get you to, to break the law. Now, this is, this, is old, this is in the Old Covenant. I'm talking about Old Covenant here. This is not New Covenant. This is not what's going on right now. Because you say, when did it end? It ended when the seed came. Now, we're not under martial law, so I don't want you to get the impression that we're still dealing with this today. This is not the situation, but I do need you to understand why the things happened in the Old Testament. Why were there serpents that came in and bit the people? Was it because God was like, oh, I'm just so mad at these people. Do something to them. I'm gonna, here, send some snakes. No, God has been good. He is always, he's saying, listen, they're not going to play with you. And as soon as they start to complain, complain against God, these angels began to move things. They would kill people. They would take out, they'd open up the ground, swallow up people. So it's not, it is that God has a law that says, that says I am holy. But it's being enforced by angels. And, and like I said, they, they don't understand how to, how to give you a grace or, or show you, uh, you know, show you this kind of a mercy. Hebrews 2, 5 through 6, uh, that lets us know, this scripture lets us know that it was an angel that asked the question about mankind. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. And you crowned him with glory and honor. Right? You made him a little lower than yourself. Uh, let me see here. So I'm kind of skating through these scriptures. Um, So today, so, so with that, and I've got some other, I, I just haven't, I'm just trying to figure out which ones I should use here. Uh, do you remember, do you remember when, um, oh, um, the ruler over Israel at the time, Herod. So Herod, and some of you will remember this story, and I'll have it on here, but, but Herod was sitting in a group of people. Now Herod's a Jew, he was not a believer in Jesus. He's sitting in a group of people, and he begins to say, people begin to, he said something, and the people said, it's, still, it's as though a God is speaking to us. And Herod gloried in that. He gloated in that, like, yes. And the Bible says that, that the angels struck him with worms because he didn't give that glory to God, and they consumed him, and he died. Why would an angel do that? 
because the angel is protecting the glory of God. Now, let me say this to you. Because things have changed now, if they were that zealous concerning the glory of God, and now you have become sons holy before God, they're that zealous over you. They're that zealous over you. The Bible says in, he, in Hebrews chapter 1, it says, Are not angels ministering spirits sent forth to minister on behalf of those who are heirs of salvation? Like, if you were to ask the angel, who are you? Are you for, are you for me or are you for the outsider that doesn't believe? He would say, I'm for you. Unlike Joshua, he's not born again. Why? Jesus hadn't come and hadn't died on the cross. So here he comes. He says, only God is holy to me. And so I'm not for you and I'm not for this guy. But this is what was happening in the Old Testament. This, you, say, you say, but God allowed it. God gave a law. It's just like the electric, it's like right now, if there's a law of, there's a law of electricity. And, and that law, it doesn't, it just exists. And if you walk up to that breaker panel, you take the cover off and you stick your hand in there, you're going to get electrocuted. Why? Because God judged you? No. Because it's, it, there's a law in place. And God will not reverse that law for you because because for whatever reason, it's like you will kill yourself. The law of gravity, you jump off this building, you're going to break some stuff. There's just laws that are locked in place. And what will happen is like with these angels, they enforced that law. They enforced when that law came and it said, these are the things that violate. And when you do these things, you'll die. The soul in the Old Testament, the soul that sins will surely die. And so they were just enforcing what is what is what the law of God says. This is what God's rules were. This is how he dealt with it. There's so no, no nonsense that when Satan found it in his heart that he was going to exalt, exalt himself above God, they cast him out. They cast him out. So they're not designed to try to, to, try to babysit you. And I'm really now moving into the new covenant. When you think about how we think, these guys are so no nonsense and so, it's like you, like, it's like they see you as God. They see you as the sons of God and the daughters of God. And could you just imagine how pitiful we look sometimes? Like, we can't even get our confessions right. God says that by his stripes you're healed, and you're just like, you know, but yeah, but you know the doctor. They're standing there ready to just go to, go to battle for you. Your enemies is consuming you, and you're crying about, yeah, they always mistreat me. Instead of thinking to yourself, the Lord is my defender. We're not saying what the word says. The Bible says the angels hearken unto the voice of the word of the Lord. Whatever the word of God says, when you agree with that word and you speak what God is saying, you echo that back to him, the angels activate because they are zealous to do and keep holy what is holy. God's word is holy and you are holy. And so they want to defend you. But you know what we do? We empower the devil. There's two sides of that, remember? As soon as you say, yeah, I ain't going to never... I ain't going to never measure up. I ain't going to never. So we're trying to get people to change how they think. We talked about the old covenant. This is all just business. It was just, it was just business. Don't take it personal. Jesus came to reveal the Father that you know today. If you want to know why it was like that, that's why it was like that. But it's different now. It's different now. Because as soon as you became believers, you became children of God. To as many as believed on him, to him he gave the power to become the sons of God. And as soon as you believe, you become sons and daughters of God. You are holy. Born of the Holy Spirit, therefore you must, your spirit is holy because the Holy Spirit can't give birth to unholy spirits. 
So the sooner we understand that, now you, I want you to, the reason, why am I bringing this up too? Because I want you to be aware there are angels working. They're waiting to work for you. They're, they're work, wanting to work for you. And what you say activates them. Or it cancels them out. So you can't say, oh, yeah, I'm believing for my healing. And then you turn around and say, well, I ain't going to move ever. I'm not going to ever. They're bringing it. As soon as you say, you start to confess what God is saying, they're activated. They're doing it. But then, we say, but then we cancel the order when we go back and say something else. So we have to be careful what we say. What we say. Because what we're saying is what we're getting. Because life and death is in the power of our tongue. And they that love it, we eat the fruit, eat the fruit thereof. 